Well, welcome to the hope. I hope that your hope is in the hope. I mean, I hope that your hope is in Jesus. That's right. Shouldn't be in people, should it? This is just a building anyway. It's you and I that make the church. We are the church. We're his body. We're sewn together. He knit us together. Look around the room, all right? All of these strangers, well, hopefully they're not all strangers. They might be strange-er than you, but hey, speak for yourself. Somebody just told me. But anyway, isn't it wonderful, though, to be able to just come in and worship the Lord as we see fit? There are places on this planet where when you assemble like this in Jesus' name, you're threatened. You're a threat to others because you represent the king, and because of that, they want nothing less than your life. That's happening right now. People are losing their heads, literally, over their faith in Jesus. But yet in this country, we're still able to come into a place like this and worship him in the comfort of a church building. But honestly, nobody knows how long that'll be. It could turn so quickly in this nation. And I'm not saying it's going to. I hope it doesn't. But it could. And our faith had better not be in the building or in the hope, the church, but it better be in Jesus. Otherwise, your faith is going to be shipwrecked. Hallelujah. Well, that's just a little nugget. So I'm going to continue this week with uh, part two. And, and again, nobody likes to. Nobody likes this. Is there anybody here that likes not to eat? Yeah, really. <laughs> I would have you come. Oh, by the way, I was supposed to tell you something. Uh, somebody, somebody actually from a message, uh, was it a week ago or two weeks ago? Whenever it was, come on up here. Yeah, you, yeah. Here, I can put mine on if you want. But you're masked up. So Melinda heard my message last week. And, and then, <laughs> salty and lit. Do you get that? We're the salt of the earth. And I said, we all need to be lit for Jesus. And then I explained what that word lit. Look up the word lit because it, it changed. It changed from when we were younger, all right? It, it used to have a whole bunch of different meanings, and mainly that, that you were intoxicated. But now, it actually uh, means excellent, something excellent, all right? So that's when, she, when I saw this this morning. I said, I got to have you come up and show it off. So thank you, Melinda. Don't know why she didn't get me one, but... Hey, I'm just kidding. Sort of. <laughs> Fasting and prayer. So last week, as we started this series, and, and again, uh, it's not one of my favorite messages just because I don't like doing it. How many, can I be honest with you? I don't like doing it. You know, one of my favorite things to do around 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon is to start pillaging the food pantry. 
Because, man, we've had snacks in there. I mean, we've had good stuff because we've had family coming up. And, and uh, you know, I've got to feed my grandchildren, and, and, and you've got to get them good stuff. And uh, anyhow, so all this stuff's in there, and I'm just like, oh, yeah. And, and then we decided we were going to do this fasting thing. And Yeah, anyway. <clears throat> Be ashamed to see all that good food go to waste, but there it is. So what I started with were Jesus' own words, and again, I emphasized that that's not what I was going to say. Fasting is voluntary, prayer is not, so, and I'll get into that a little bit more here in a minute. Mark 9.29 was what I meant to show you. So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. And of course, I shared the story about the demoniac and the kid, and uh, the, the kid's dad came up to, G, uh, to his disciples, actually, and said, hey, help me. Uh, this, this demon keeps throwing my son down on the ground, and he's frothing and squirming around, and, and uh, I just don't know what to do. I need your help. And they tried to deliver the boy. They tried to exercise the demon. And what happened? They couldn't drive it out. And this is where Jesus said, sometimes this can only come out through prayer and fasting. Now, I emphasize that this is only in the New King James, the King James, and a couple other versions. The newer translations have taken it out, and it's kind of weird why they, they did that, but they said people in the early church fasted. They knew they needed to fast. It wasn't something that they had to be told to do, like eating. You don't have to be told to eat. Well, when your life is on the line, when the powers that be, whether it's government or spiritual or whatever, when they're all coming at you, attacking you, you're going to do whatever it takes. And when the church was founded, there was a lot of this going on, a lot of persecution and it led to the early church fasting on a continual basis. So they didn't have to be told. And in our modern translations, they just removed it because they felt like it wasn't in enough manuscripts to bear that witness. But the New King James still has it. So that's why I went with it. It is important that we understand fasting. So I wanted to jump into this week with what a fast might look like. And each of us has to decide what that means for us as an individual. How deep do you really want to go with God? And I find that's pretty much our whole relationship. You have to decide, do I really want all of God? Or do I just want, you know, hey, Lord, just give me that hour and a half portion Sunday. That's all I want. How deep do you want to go with them? That's what determines your fast. I suggested last week that you ask the Lord what He wanted you to do. You know, that's always a good idea. <laughs> What's the Lord want you to do? Instead of just plodding through it on your own. Because He might have something totally different for you. Now I want to look at some of the options that I believe we have, all right? So fasting is typically defined 
as gaining control over the body by subjecting it to starvation. No. Fasting is, is simply removing food for a season so that the spirit man can rise. Your spirit is powerful. But too often what happens is, is we, we put more into this. You know, your eyes are a gateway to your soul. You put more into this from the world than you do from what God has for you. You know, instead of getting this out and really digesting it, instead of getting on your faces and on your knees and worshiping Him, instead, we turn the TV on. And we sit there all evening like a vegetable. When you could be in worship. When you could be saying, Lord, what do you have for me? When you could be praying for your family members that aren't saved, etc. So fasting is typically denying the body for a season. And the season or the duration is really up to each individual. And I'm going to get into that here in just a minute. But I just wanted to say this. Over the years, I have always felt closer to God as I fasted. Always. I've never done a fast where I didn't come out of the, on the other end of it going, thank you, Lord. I just felt drawn to Him. I don't necessarily understand how this works. But it does work. All right? Just from my own personal experience. I'm just throwing that out there. For the spiritual person or someone desiring to go deeper with God, and I hope that's you, I hope that's you. Fasting is essential, and it works. Now, I shared this last week, but just, just to clarify it, speaking of clarifying, we do this for clarity and direction. All right, we want to hear from God. We fast to take control of the body, I already said that. And then last, we fast to get the heart or the mind of God. You know, God has a plan for you. I don't care how old you are or how young you are, God has a plan for you. And it's an eternal plan. And His plan is way better than anybody else's plan. It's even better than your parents' plan. Some of your parents are going to be stoning me later, but I don't care. If your child has heard from God, then you better just back them up. I mean, get a witness, good counsel, but if it's godly, if it's scriptural, let them run with it. Don't try to stop them. How do you think ministers are called? And evangelists, and missionaries, and teachers. God calls them. And He may call your son or daughter for such a time as this. Fasting brings clarity to an otherwise muddied view of oneself. Now, I know that sounds like a lot of mumbo-jumbo, 
But how many of you were ever a teenager? Some of you are now. Well, let me ask you this. During your adolescent years, moving into the teen years, did any of you struggle with life? What you were supposed to be, who you were supposed to be, why you were even born? I'm, I'm going to get to that. Somebody said, I'm still trying to figure that out. Well, listen, I didn't know Jesus when I was a teenager. I knew of the Lord. I was raised in one of the other denominations, and I knew of the Lord, but I didn't have that personal relationship with him. And I went through this stage in my life around 13, 14, and I'm telling you what, it just about killed me. Because I asked the question, why am I here And there was nobody there to tell me. So what did I do? Tried to stuff things in it, in that that gaping hole. I tried to stuff things in it to get the answers. Drinking and, and drugs and sexuality, all that stuff. And you know what? None of it worked. It just made me more of a miserable wreck than I already was. And I thank Jesus that he finally got a hold of me and that that stage in my life didn't kill me. No young person should have to go through that stage without Jesus. That's what we're here for, church. To help our teens, to help our kids, to know that they have been... They're a masterpiece for God. He created them. There's nothing wrong with them. You know what's exciting about this new year? Some of the stuff God's been downloading into me? He's been showing me that the way we lived our life is actually essential for us to carry out His purpose and His plan. What you lived through as a young person is actually instrumental in making you who you are today so that you can carry out the things God has for you to carry out. And when we start saying, well, I was a mess, you know, I was broken, well, and you might have been, but all of that God will use to his glory if you'll let him. And I'm not saying it's right or easy. Some of you have gone through some horrendous things whether it's as young people or even today. Some of you have been through divorce that uh, I just can't imagine. I've never been in your shoes, so I, I don't know what it's like, but I've seen the after effects. And they're, they're, I don't know how you folks do it. God, amen, amen. So I met Jesus at 23, and maybe, maybe somebody else here can sit, can can agree with me, but that question I asked when I was 13, 14, I started doing it again. Now I'm I'm born again. I started doing it again at my midlife. Now for me, that was young. I was only 36, 37, and and it, it really rocked my boat. I don't know why. That young. But I started asking that eternal question, is this it? Anybody else? 
Is this it, God? Is, is this all that I was meant to do? <laughs> I didn't, at first, I, didn't, I was like, it took me by surprise. Number one, because I was so young, and I, I thought I'd be at least 45 before I hit that. <laughs> Honey, I'm buying a Corvette. <laughs> Vroom. I never, by the way, I never even had that desire at that age. But I did question, is this it? Is this all I'm here for? You know what happened? Oh, hallelujah. God showed up. He got me to commit to a time of fasting and prayer. And I can say that either way. It doesn't matter which way. Either one's more important. And through that time of fasting, I heard the voice of God. God knows you better than you know you. And we've got to get this in our spirit. You see, we're afraid to do a self-examination of ourselves because we're afraid of what's in there. We need to hear from the Holy Spirit. He needs to tell us what's in there and then how to work with it. I already said this. What's in you is there for a reason. And God will use that to shape you and mold you and, and get you to move in the direction He wants you to go. But if we keep fighting Him on everything we do, well, Lord, you know, I don't, I don't really want, well, I don't really want to look at that today. You know, that, that's a, that, that was a pain in my life, Lord. I, you know, I'd just soon leave that. He wants to dig that stuff up and, and take care of it. He wants you to deal with it in fasting and in prayer. You know, the Bible says that, and he said this after talking about the sparrows, and I love birds, but he said, you are so much more valuable than those little sparrows flying around out there. He says, I've counted the very hairs on your heads. That's how much I know about you. Your God knows you. He knows exactly how you're wired. He knows you've got that funky, weird, emotional personality, or not. He knows you're, you're, you're dead, like a floppy fish on the seashore. You don't have any personality. He knows you. That doesn't make you wrong or bad or a misfit. Well, yeah, it does make you misfit. <laughs> I, I said this to my son. One of my favorite shows, and, and I hope I don't get hate mail, is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And when they go to the land of the misfit toys, my heart, I cry every time. I mean, ah, those poor, that, that wasn't a little little boat with square wheels or something. I don't know. Just weird stuff, you know? A Charlie in the box. Uh, what? 
And then every time I see it, I think of you. This church. Not in a bad way. We're all misfits. We're aliens to this land. This is not our home. We have a destiny to spend forever with the Son of God who will shine brightly forever and ever. And and what we're going to see on the other side Oh my goodness. But we we sit here today and we don't even think about that. What do we think about? Oh, coronavirus. Another week. Got to wear that stupid mask. Big deal. While you're wearing that mask, you can pray in tongues and nobody will even know it. They won't see your lips moving and go, that dude's weird. They might hear you, though. <laughs> Better be careful with that. But God placed you in the, environment you're, you're, in the environment you're in, meaning family, neighborhood, language, income level, etc., to form you to be the person that he created you to be. Put another way, what you go through in this life, good and bad, God will use to his good purpose. Nothing is by accident. Nothing will go to waste. As I've been studying again lately, it's just, God has just opened up so much to me. And one of the things, as we go back, I just want to look at two prophets real quick. And the first one was the the prophet Isaiah. And we often share this around this time because this is actually, is this Sanctity of Life Sunday today? So today is the day that we celebrate the unborn. Or there's a new term for it, and I already forgot what it was. But the babies, from conception on, they're a life. They're a life. God created. We need every single one of them. But this is often used for that, and it's really speaking about what I just said. And now the Lord speaks, the one who formed me in my mother's womb to be his servant, who commissioned me to bring Israel back to him. The Lord has honored me, and my God has given me strength. When he was formed in his mother's womb, God knew what Isaiah was going to do. He had a plan and a purpose, an eternal plan and purpose. Your life does not take God by surprise. Everything that Isaiah went through from being a little baby on up helped him to be the prophet that he was called to be. Don't believe me? Jeremiah. I knew before I formed you in your mother's womb, before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Argue with that. God, and, and you're probably sitting there going, well, yeah, but that's Isaiah, that's, that's Jeremiah, you know, that's Jesus. 
<laughs> All the greats, Abraham, Moses, King David, and Jesus, and the rest, each of them was placed in a time and in a culture that helped form them to be the man they needed to be. Even Jesus. When he went out and sawed that lumber and hammered those nails that made him to be who he was. When he went and sold their wares. And you don't think of Jesus going around building things. But when he went around helping father Joseph, his stepdad, build, I don't know, what they build back then? I don't think they had dog houses probably. Sheep houses? Goat houses? Whatever it was. Hey, I need a door. What do you think that allowed Jesus to do? Well, you're, Brother Bill, when you go to somebody's house and you help put, put their door in, I seem to remember that. Anyway, when you do that, you get to know the people. Yeah. They, like, they all get chatty with you, don't they? And you're sitting there going, man, I wish they'd just leave me alone so I can get my job done. But they're over there, yeah, 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 yeah. Where's my wife? Yeah. She, I'm surprised you didn't amen. It just happened. That's why I said that. So Jesus learned about everybody, common man and so forth, as he went and he did his job as a carpenter. And there are so many other things. And I'm not going into all of it this week. I'm actually going to get into this more next week. But I want you to understand that all of these men were right where they needed to be from their birth on as part of God's plan. As I see it, we're no different than these great men in the Bible, or women, because there are many great women, and I'm going to talk about that more next week. But Job said this, he doesn't care, this is speaking about God, he doesn't care how great a person may be, and he pays no more attention to the rich than to the poor, for he made them all. These men, even though they're written in the book, are no more important than you and me. And if we get this in our hearts and in our spirit, we'll begin to see that we really are God's own. What can He do with us? What can He do with you today? We may not be required to lead millions of people out of Egyptian bondage but still, our life has an eternal purpose. And it's up to us to hear from the Lord so that we can prepare and fulfill our calling. And as I said, I'm, I'm going to get into this more next week. What were you made for? How has your life prepared you for just such a time as this? Prayer, as I stated last week, it's a command. All of us are to pray for all things, always. Fasting isn't so much required, but it's a necessity for those who want to go deeper with God. 
We pray to hear from God. We fast to tune our hearts in to the Lord so that we can listen more clearly amongst the various voices that we hear today. When you think about it, and as you leave here today, you're probably going to face this. Your phone's going to go off. When you sit at your, in your home, you're, you're going to be seeing things ping, 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 ping. Somebody trying to get your attention, whether it's a family member through a text or somebody messaging you through Facebook. It's all vying for your attention. The problem is it hinders us from hearing what he's saying. I don't believe that fasting has been any any more important at any time than it is today. If you want to know your part in his kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven, then you need to hear from God. And I've said this already, but I believe 2021 is a year of clarity for you and me. And what happens if each part of God's body gets clarity? Man, we are going to be revved up. We're going to be lit for Jesus. If we're all doing our part, if we all know what God created us to do. Fasting is one way that helps us to hear and see God's plan for our lives more clearly. Now I want to look at the types of, and I didn't get into this last week, and I apologize for that. I, I wasn't sure how far I was going to get last week. But anyway, here we are. One can fast everything except the air. You need that. Don't stop fasting. Don't fast air. But nobody should exclude water for more than a day. Because water, you, each of us are made up of water. I think we're, where'd my nurse go? She left. Any nurses in here, doctors? Aren't we like 80, 85% water, something like that? That's a lot of water, by the way. Excuse me. You can go about three days without water. But I don't recommend that. Uh, it do, it, your organs start shutting down. So check with your doctor before doing a complete fast. Did you hear that? Okay, so the first part is water only. And from what I understand, it takes about three days for all the toxins that, have settled, that are hiding in there that have, from all the junk food that I've been eating. MSGs salt, sugar. It takes about three days for your body to eliminate those on a water-only fast. You might end up getting or experiencing headaches. And it's not, you're not going to die probably. You check with your doctor. Can I? Yeah. Can I? But if you're fairly healthy and you're doing this for three days, that's about how long it takes, and then hopefully it should flush all out. Does that make it easier? No. <laughs> no, but it's, it is a little easier after the third day, once you get past that point. If you're doing water only, 
The water fast is the most intense, obviously, and requires the most from each person. And by saying, after saying that, I just want to add, when Jesus fasted for 40 days, what did he do? He fasted. He sought the Father. He spent time in the Spirit communing. But what didn't he do? A 40-hour job. So here's the thing. Don't try a full fast if you're, if you're working, if you're going to school, you're not going to make it, all right? It'll, it'll kick your behind all over the place. However, you can do a few days, and it shouldn't hurt you. If you're on prescription medicine, use caution when and if you fast. If you must take food with your medicine, then do an alternate fast, which I will talk about next. All right, so you still with me? That's the first part. Daniel fast. Oh, yeah. Remember those guys? He's the one that uh, they threw into the pit of lions and they expected him to be cat chow. And when they opened it up the next morning, he was still in there. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. And they were all keeping him warm. But he was still there. And then what they do, threw all the accusers in there. They didn't have such a good time. David wanted all of God. And this was his plan, was to eat fruits and vegetables so that he could continue to hear from God and buffet this. The flesh was not going to control him. He wanted control over his flesh. And a lot of vegans do this today. They only eat fruits and vegetables. It, it's healthy. You know, supposedly. They, so they tell me. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I'm a protein guy. I've been waiting for Lucky's. I know it's open, but I haven't made it there yet. So one of these days. Maybe if the COVID is ever up. up. So da uh, yeah. Daniel did this. His uh, other three compadres did this. It's very healthy for you, and it's a great way to fast if you need to keep foods in your body. It also keeps your sugars up and all that stuff. So um, I believe, though, that the Daniel fast is a great spiritual exercise for those who can't do the water fast. And, and it might even be something where you do three days water only and then do a Daniel fast, you know, if you want to continue it a little longer. Because the longer you go, and, and I'm not trying to boast at all, and I don't think it sounds like a boast, but um, years ago I, I fasted water only for 14 days. And uh, in fact, I had a, a little bit of a story. Did you want to share that? Yeah, remember we talked? Come on up. We talked because... All right, so here's the thing. When... When I was not with the Lord, and I was born again, but I fell back into that sinful lifestyle, sort of, kind of, I wasn't serving the Lord. And uh, anyway, you tell them what right. happened. Well, at this time, it was really around this time of the year, and I was praying for Norm at the time, 
and the Lord shared with me. He downloaded me exact dates and water only. It was like three days. And, and, thought, and just to say, she was a mother of four little rapscallions. They were, yeah, they were all over the place. So I was pretty busy. So I thought, I'm going to do this. I had never done it before. And the first day went really well. Really well. And I was like, God. I'm so I, spiritual. I am just, Lord, I know you're going to do something. And I am just keeping my eyes on you. The second day came. And it was in the evening. And yeah, you're really hungry. So I'm fixing dinner for the kids. And I was making hot dogs. And my friend Jeanette called and we're on the, t the phone and I'm saying yeah I'm doing this fast how are you doing with yours we're talking about and before I knew it just out of habit I popped a piece of hot dog in my mouth and I went to hell I was devastated beyond means I'm on the phone with Jeanette and I went I just had a hot dog. No, I was never going to get back. I didn't do it. I just broke it. I can't believe it. I mean, I was devastated. And I repented, and I asked God to forgive me. And it was so cool, because he worked afternoons. That night, on his way home, the Lord shared with him he needed to change. And he walked into the house that night, and he said, God, talked to me, and I want to make it right. I want to follow Jesus. And I was elated. Even though I didn't do it the way God showed me, he knew my heart. He knew I was giving it everything I had because I wanted to see my husband have a walk with the Lord. So that's my hot dog story. And some of you probably heard it before, but I was, it was so amazing to me. As long as your heart's pure and you're doing everything you can, even if you screw up, God still delivers. Amen. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. So I had her just share that just because I don't, I'm not standing up here trying to be Mr. Spiritual. If, if like she said, if, if you do something as unto the Lord and you, you end up blowing it two or three days in, it's all right. You know, God's forgiving and you did your part, and you can always continue it, or you can just start eating again. I don't know. Whatever you feel the Lord puts on your heart to do. But I wanted you to hear that, just in case somebody messes up. Uh, it, it'll be all right. Partial fast. And, and this is one of those that's a little bit easier, especially if you're on meds. But again, you have to check with your doctor. But, and, and by the way, even though we're, we're doing it this couple of weeks, this fasting thing, I'm hoping that some of you will decide to make this a regular regimen in your year. Don't just have it two weeks. Put a day in in the week where you fast. And have something specific, and I'll talk about this in a minute, have something specific in mind that you're wanting from the Lord as you do it. Because this is a sacrifice, or it should be, right? Whatever we do should be a sacrifice. Most can skip one meal without too many issues. That'd be probably the bare bones part. So skip a breakfast, a, a lunch, or a dinner. Um, and again, if you're diabetic, you know, 
Check with your doctor. Make sure that it's cool with him or her uh, before you do that. Some may skip two meals a day. I mean, if you really want to go for it. And I'll tell you what, if you skip two meals a day for a week, you're going to know it. Your body's going to be going, what are you trying to pull? You're going to be at work and your stomach's going to be growling and people are going to be looking at you like, dude, do you have a demon? We were in bed the other night. I shouldn't say this. My dog thought there was a bear in the room. My wife's belly was growling so loud. But The object is not to starve yourself, but to show control over your body, giving priority to your spirit. Fasting, oh, you're going to love this one. Social media. Other, whatever that is, other for you. Social media, specifically, uh, television, uh, Facebook, Instagram. I love it when I see somebody say, okay, I'm off for a week. Add in there, I'm, I'm going to be fasting this week, and this is what I'm fasting. Let people know. You know what that's going to do? You're going to get this. Why? Because I want to go deeper with God. What? What's that? Well, let me tell you. It'll give a conversation that wasn't there before. Let people know you're doing this. But for some of you, uh, this thing right here, oh, it's not cooperating. Uh, Yeah, see? That's a computer. Adam, you know it, right? Good to see you, by the way. It's got everything in it. I could get online right now and check your Google status. I won't, but I could. Hey, Siri. She came up. (laughs) She was trying, anyway. Some of you spend most of your day in front of the television or whatever. Wow. What an amazing fast if you put this stuff aside for a week or two. You want to know what the outcome would be? Your spirit is going to be built up and you're not going to be so negative because you haven't been listening to all the junk that's being cycled out there over and over and over and over. Fasting is a sacrifice. So whatever you do, in conclusion, whatever you do, not in conclusion, Sarah, of almost, though, the result of any fast should be to get closer to God. Amen? But the fast is only half the challenge. You do realize this, right? What is equally important is that you replace what you're fasting with something of a spiritual nature. Fill the void. So you're not just doing this so you can starve yourself. I've made that clear. You're not just doing this so you'll drive your husband or your wife crazy because you don't have TV on. You're doing this to draw closer to the Lord. So you have to put things in 
that will help you with this. And, and of course, you can probably think of a couple like a time of prayer. Work it into your day, whether it's morning, afternoon, evening, all day, whatever you feel like God's telling you to do. Very important, a time of Bible reading. I hear from the Lord more through reading the Word than I do any other way. I still hear His audible voice, but I hear Him more. He'll say, Norm, latch, th- latch on to that one. That's your verse for the week, or whatever it is. So it's, how are you going to get that if you're not exposing yourself to it? You can read a proverb a day. We've been doing that the last few days, and I'm just like, wow, they're good. But you can do that. One for each day of the week, if you choose to do that. Have a time of worship. Spend time, you know, whatever this means for you. Some of you like music, some of you don't. Just honor Him. All right? Whether you're getting on your knees, on your face, whatever it is, whatever you feel like worship is to you, that's what you should do. Preferably in a place where you're not surrounded by seven other family members. It is not easy to worship the Lord when you have a house full. So you have to figure out what that looks like. Then there should be a time of silence on your part. This is the part most of us leave out. We regurgitate all of our needs and wants, not like God didn't already know it. And then, okay, see see you tomorrow, Lord. No. Stop. Listen. Let him move in your life. Let him speak. All right? Are you still good with what I've said? I also recommend that you write things down. Whatever whatever you want from the Lord. And then write down what he speaks. I don't know about you, but the older I get, the less I remember what I heard 30 minutes ago. And I have lost some awesome sermons. I have. You know, I, I would lay there in the early morning hours and, and I'd feel like the Lord gave me something and then I'd fall back asleep and when I woke up it was like, now what was it he said? If only I'd gotten up and written that down. You guys would have gotten a really good message. Sorry about that. What does he want you to do in 2021? All of us needs to ask this question. All of us need to ask this question. And then listen. I said that twice for emphasis. If you're not listening, you're missing the most important part. You've got to let the Holy Spirit speak to you. God loves you. You're His son. You're His daughter. And He wants you to be victorious in this life. Hallelujah. As I begin to close, yes, for real, Sarah. (laughs) I shared this last week um, out of Dr. James Ray's book, Better Health Through Fasting for Body, Soul, and Spirit. And 
it, it's a really good little fasting booklet. You can get it online as an e-book for like $3.95 or something like that. And he said, fasting with prayer gives us the supernatural power to use the spiritual authority that has already been given to us through the cross of Calvary and the shed blood of Jesus Christ for us as heirs with him. As children of the King, we have been given everything. Jesus has given us the signet ring as his kids. But I believe that one of the key things that we need today in the church is a serious bunch of his kids getting on their faces and seeking after him. Praying, yes. Fasting, yes. Asking, yes. Letting him speak to us, yes. What's the outcome going to be? His kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Because we're doing what we were made to do, what he designed you to do. And when we accomplish that, you know what's going to happen? His church is going to multiply. It's going to explode. It's going to mature. No longer will we have to drink milk. But we'll be able to eat solid foods for once. That's what God wants for us. And I'm asking you to join me this year to make this the best year we've ever had at the Hope. I don't know everything that's going to be accomplished through us, but I'm excited. I've been getting little glimpses. Uh, I I spoke with a man yesterday, a healing evangelist, who's coming up in March to speak here, and we're going to do a morning and an evening. Just the start of what God wants to do this year. You'll hear a lot more about that as we get closer. But I I wanted to just extend this to you. Can you take me to the next slide there, brother? This is the time of cleansing. This is a time of examination, that thing we don't like to do. This is a time for your spirit to rise and to conquer the flesh. The flesh actually is your soul. This is a time to get to know who your God really is. Jesus said, my people are going to worship God in spirit and in truth because God is spirit. It's time. It's time to get our spirit man, our spirit woman revved up for Jesus. Would you stand with me today? I believe God's plan is essential for our daily living. And once we know what it is, we can accomplish that. And when you're accomplishing God's will, you are going to be pumped. The joy of the Lord is going to be your strength. 
We are His sons and daughters through Christ Jesus our Lord. What is your eternal purpose? Some of you have already discovered it. Others, you're still looking. Let me ask you this. Are you intimate enough with God that you can hear His voice? I asked this last year, and I think it was pre-COVID, and we had a pretty good group in here, and I was surprised that about 30% raised their hand that they'd heard from God. I'd love that to be unanimous this year, where all of us would be able to say, yeah, I have heard His voice. He speaks to me. Moses, King David, the prophets, Jesus, the apostle, Paul, Peter, they all had a relationship with the Lord. And their communication went back and forth. That's what God wants from us. And I believe that we're going to see that in part as we pray and as we fast this week. Last thing. This week, next Sunday, Sunday night, 5.30 to 6.30 right here tonight, live. Uh, No live stream. Because of the songs that we're playing, I can't put them on the web. So I'm sorry if you're at home. Pray with us. Make, make an altar in your home and pray with us. 5.30 to 6.30 tonight, and then again on Wednesday night. Join us right back here, right here, uh, and, and we're going to just press in corporately. Uh, this, this is just a corporate time. I hope you have another time where you're doing it as an individual, but I'm sensing that God really wants to move. And I don't know what tonight or next week's going to look like. I don't know what Wednesday's going to look like, but you know what? The Lord has a plan. So come on back if you can. No pressure, right? Father, we just... We slow down tonight, today. We just ask that you would speak to us. Everybody here, Lord, I pray that each one of us would... You would just... You, as we fast, as we pray, Lord, that you would just... Meet us right where we're at. When we're in the car, when we're in the quiet moments, speak to us, Lord. If we have hard hearts, soften them. Break them, Lord. Shatter them, those hearts of stone, and make them soft again. I pray that at the end of this week or the end of next week, Lord, as people wrap this up this time, that we would come back in here just fired up for Jesus, lit for Jesus. In the meantime, I pray a protective hedge over every person, whether online or here. Keep us safe as we do this, Lord. When you went out into the desert, the devil met you right where you're at, and I suspect many of us are going to have maybe not quite that extreme a position, but he's going to try to trip us up and maybe even take a bite of a hot dog when we shouldn't. But Lord, just help us to be victorious as we sacrifice food or whatever it is 
Lord, I pray it draws closer to you like never before. And again, we dedicate the very success of the Hope Church, all of our families, in 2021 into your hands. Their very success, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you. Back here tonight, 530, if you'd like. God bless you Wednesday at 530 as well. Amen.